from the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey and Johnson City, Tennessee. Did I get that right? You sure did. Luke Morrow's here for Teeing It Up Presents the Sunday Sprint Week 5. In the National Football League calendar, we are going abroad, and that's why we are doing this on a Saturday, October the 9th, 2021. Luke, the NFC has changed with Russell Wilson's injury, and I think you have to look at the way this sets up um, in terms of what this is going to allow some teams to do with having to trust Geno Smith. And we spent many a Sunday morning on here with me very nervous about Geno Smith. And here we go again. Yeah, you're not kidding. You know, the Seahawks are under 500 through five games for just the third time in Russell Wilson's career. They did make the playoffs the last two times. This year, it's going to be a little different now with Russ out for uh, for some time. And when you watch that team or have watched them the last couple of years, I mean, it's evident that it's it's like Aaron Rodgers a lot of years for the Packers. They don't have a whole lot outside of Russell Wilson. Uh, the defense is not good. The offense isn't very dynamic. They don't have Chris Carson. It's just a lot of throw it up to Metcalf and lock it, and let's hope something happens offensively. They're last in the league in time of possession. Their defense can't get off the field. Now Geno Smith has to start. Long story short, the Seahawks are in trouble, especially in that tough division. And if Russell Wilson was unhappy last year when they won 12 games, I'm curious what's going to happen if and when they have the first, maybe, losing season since Russell Wilson was drafted and that team doesn't seem to be very good, and how he responds, or even what the Seahawks may do with Pete Carroll, with the way things have gone lately. So this could be, not to be too dramatic, but kind of the beginning of the end of something going on there in Seattle when we're used to them being so competitive every year. John Gruden said something that is completely uh, unacceptable. Uh, goes against everything you and I believe in, goes against any, everything the NFL believes in. Um, we condemn strongly his remarks. My question is, how do you punish him? Uh, we're on Saturday of a game weekend, and to me, this is a suspensionable offense. I just don't know what you punish him with so close to a game tomorrow at 4.05 against Cleveland. Yeah, you know, I'm curious to see what the fallout is. I know some people were speculating that he could even lose his job over this. It would be as severe as that. Could You're going to suspend him. Uh, you know, I know maybe you don't want to give a guy any breaks for something like this, but if you're going to suspend him, I mean, maybe you wait till Monday and announce, you know, moving forward that he'll be suspended however long. I don't know. Um, it is a little bit, obviously, what he said, like he said, is, is, is terrible. He shouldn't have said it. What is somewhat um, complicated about the punishment is that he, you know, he wasn't an employee of the NFL at the time. It was 10 years ago. Uh, obviously, what he did was not good, but I'm just curious how it all factors into the punishment and how the NFL views it. But like you said, with the situation that they're in as a league and the situation that we're in as a country, I'm sure it'll come down swiftly on John with some form of punishment and to uh, try to help make an example to curb things like that from happening with others in the future. So I honestly, I have no idea what the punishment may look like. I'm curious to see how this is handled. And also just curious to see how the Raiders will respond. How does that play in the locker room? And how do they respond as a team when they go out there and take the field tomorrow? Totally, and and the reason why I brought this up is none of these players 
were impacted by John's remarks. You know, it's one thing if you're saying stuff about your current team. He was working for ESPN on Monday Night Football. So if you suspend him today, for example, for tomorrow, you're hurting this current roster that had nothing to do with everything that happened. So it would make sense that you would do something on Monday to at least give a full week for these players to be able to go through whatever changes have to be made and modifications to staff and processes and whatever to make this work. So that's what I think is interesting. And then with the game itself, A, is this a a distraction? B, does this hang over anything in, in late week game prep? And C, where are we in terms of Baker Mayfield and this injury? And, you know, accuracy is a big part of quarterbacks throwing motions and we have seen this Las Vegas Raider team be extremely inconsistent and yet we've seen Baker Mayfield be inconsistent. Odell Beckham thinks he's getting back towards himself. Um, There's a lot of question marks on both sides of the ball. Yeah and just lastly on Gruden you know just of course what happened was, was terrible. Uh, in terms of how it plays in that locker room and with the team, I'm not so sure. We'll see. But these guys are also around John um, all the time, and so they know what he's like, and uh, they know if this was a one-off and something he shouldn't have said or maybe didn't understand what he was actually doing at the time, I don't know. Or, you know, if they get this news and see, like, oh, yeah, I could understand that. This is how Gruden is, you know, in the locker room. I have no idea. I don't know what John is like as right. a person or as a yeah. But they know him far better. So we'll see how it plays uh, because they know him personally and have been around him, most of those players, for a few years. Uh, but the Raiders obviously are off to a good season. They're, they're trying to respond off of that loss in a short week at home, and um, and we'll see. Uh, it's like Urban, though. right? The last thing you need is your coach, of all people, to be a distraction during the season. So you, for the Raiders, they, they better hope that this doesn't disrupt things for them. And nice teaser for later in this show. Um, first up, Jets, Falcons. I told you I thought the Jets might play well, Luke. I told you. Yes. I told you. I thought we had an opening, and lo and behold, now we have an even bigger opening because they go to London. We've seen London games be basically toss-ups where you can throw out everything. There has never been a battle in London between, um, two teams over 500. It's always been struggling teams. And now the Jets have their bye week next week. They could get to two and three. They're playing a Falcon team that doesn't have Calvin Ridley. They've just given John Franklin Myers a massive contract, four years, $55 million, 30 of which is guaranteed. I'm telling you, Luke, would not be surprised if Zach Wilson takes that momentum. Corey Davis was huge. A lot of fantasy owners are not going to be happy with themselves. He missed a late throw in regulation that would have sealed it. I think he uses that as motivation, and I think the Jets win this game. And I think Matt Ryan is extremely overrated as a quarterback. Uh, I'm with you. You know, I took the Jets last week on the show, getting ready, you know, heading into that weekend. Uh, I picked them uh, to win that game. It was one of my best bets was take the Jets. And uh, once again, yesterday on the radio show, I took the Jets again. I think they do win. Uh, the Falcons 
I mean, first and foremost, are not a good team. And now you lose Calvin Ridley, like you said, and you don't have Russell Gage, your number two receiver. Matt Ryan has nobody to throw to other than the rookie Kyle Pitts. And this was one of the concerns I said heading into the season. That Calvin Ridley is really good. But now I know he's missing this week because of uh, it seems personal issues. But he was coming off foot surgery in the offseason. And there's no depth behind him. He is their only weapon on offense. Him, a rookie Kyle Pitts, and then Cordero Patterson, who surprisingly is having a good start to the season. Now you take away Ridley. Matt Ryan has nobody to throw to. He's going to count on that rookie, who the Jets can now pay a lot more attention to. Good luck. And on top of that, we saw the Jets get after the quarterback last week. Matt Ryan is far more immobile than even Ryan Tannehill. Uh, he's stone feet back there. He can't move, and he's uh, he's been sacked eight times already this year. So I think the Jets defensively will do a good job. These games typically can be lower scoring. That to that grass people always complain about. It's slippery. You can't run on. Uh, I think the Jets hold Matt Ryan and the Falcons in check. I think Zach Wilson plays well once again as he builds some momentum. And I do think they just go all the way to London to get a nice win. Um, Luke, your Vikings face the Lions. Why should anybody care about this game? It's my game to watch golf during. I mean, they really shouldn't. I don't. I don't really care about this game because it should be an easy win for the Vikings. But as a Vikings fan, by now I clearly know nothing is ever easy with this team. So I'm already kind of prepping myself for a huge letdown tomorrow. And by the way, just so that you know the folks out there know, it's it's an 0 4 Lions team versus a 1 and 3 Vikings team. I yes. mean, these two teams are terrible. Well. You know, the Vikings are better. The Vikings and the Patriots are the only two teams in the league that have a positive point differential despite a losing record. And they're both similar in the sense But you are what your record says you are. And you came on the show last week and talked about the fact that they were as close to being whatever it was, 2-0, and 3-0, and 2-1, and as they were to being 1-2. and And they laid, you know, they lost another football game. You yes, are what your record are. says you are, and that's the truth about the Vikings. They cannot win these close games. Yes, that has been the truth. They've, all three losses have been by one possession, uh, and they haven't been able to make those big plays at the end of the game to make the difference. The Lions are a lousy team. They'll play hard for Dan Campbell. They just don't have the ability. Just in terms of this game tomorrow, the Vikings really struggled last week uh, because of the pass rush of the Browns. The Browns pressured Kirk Cousins on 42% of his dropbacks without even having to blitz a whole lot. Well, the Lions are last in the league in pass rush this year, and they're also going to be missing three offensive linemen tomorrow for Jared Goff. Football games are still won in the trenches, so the Vikings should have a real advantage here in the trenches. There's a reason why they're favored by multiple scores. This should be a, a relatively easy win at home for the Vikings, who obviously need this. This game, it's probably the easiest game on their schedule. I hope they make it as easy as it should be. It should be an easy win. We'll see how things play out tomorrow, though. We're going to roll through uh, some of these games quick. There's a bunch of games that are intriguing, and but they don't require the full amount of time. And we're already long on the show anyway. Um, not that you know we're held to a time limit, but Luke has work later today, so you know we can't. Luke, we can't do a four-hour marathon show. I'm sorry. I know. I would love to talk football all day, but unfortunately, I can't today. Well, because you have to talk football. That's right. I have to go talk other football elsewhere. <laughs> yes. Uh, Marlon Mendez shows the radio show he's referring to, ESPN Radio Charleston. Weekdays, 12 to 3. I'm on that show every Wednesday at 1. Packers, Bengals. Is this the case where the Packers are real and the Bengals are not? I think so, but everybody I talk to in, like, say, the betting world is on the Bengals this week and telling you to take the bank. So I don't know. The Packers, I would expect, they go to Cincinnati, 
they show Cincinnati who they truly are and the Packers roll in a game like this as they should. But it is in Cincinnati. The Packers are just a small favorite. The Bengals are 3-1. and one. And uh, some people I talk to in those circles say, oh, yeah, the Bengals are the play this week. They're going to upset Green Bay. I don't know what I'm missing, but we'll see how it plays out tomorrow. I've seen far too many games like this where, you know, Rodgers rolls against a team that isn't quite as good as, as their record may indicate. Uh, that's what I would expect. But uh, quite a few people have the Packers on upset alert. I need to correct something I said earlier in the show. Um, I said that the uh, Raiders face the uh, Browns tomorrow. That is incorrect. They face the Bears and Justin Fields. Um, I guess my eyesight was not functioning correctly. Um, that, I guess, it becomes an even more intriguing game because of uh, Justin Fields starting full-time. Um, but you still have John Gruden's issues, and that doesn't change John Gruden's issues. So I, I think our general thoughts on that game don't change. No, and certainly not for the Raiders. And like you said, for Justin Fields, I mean, let, let's see what we get from him. He hasn't been all that great so far in his first two starts. You hope that a rookie you know, continues to get better and more comfortable the, the more he plays. What I was getting to then is we have two three-in-one matchups here. Browns, Chargers, Justin Herbert is the real deal. And for me, if Baker Mayfield's not accurate, this is a game for the Chargers to try to take and have a real statement win here and get to 4-1. and yeah, it's an opportunity for both of these teams. Uh, young quarterbacks, whoever wins this game will be 4-1. and one. They're both teams that are trying to push themselves into that top tier of the AFC. And whoever wins this game, I mean, you'll have the best record, at least tied for the best record in the AFC. So this is a big game for both teams. You mentioned Baker Mayfield. I watched it every snap last week against the Vikings. He looked terrible. I don't know if it's some, one of the injuries or just how you know he just had an off day. I don't know. I'm still not overly impressed with Baker as a guy that can put the team on his back, whereas just and Herbert, I think, is good enough to kind of carry a team to victory. So it'll be an intriguing matchup of two young quarterbacks. Uh, I, I like the Chargers a lot this year. I do like the Browns. I, I don't really have a strong opinion one way or another. I just think it's a good close game between two good teams in the AFC. Um, and then the final quick hitter game, Bills, Chiefs, what is up with Kansas City? Is that a function of the NFL scheduling or is this a problem? I think it is a problem with their defense. Their defense just isn't good. Um, now, with Patrick Mahomes, you know, he can make up for a, a lot of things, but the defense has allowed at least 29 points in every game this year. It's just not a good defense. This is a big spot for both teams, similar to what we were just talking about. You know, Buffalo is trying to pass Kansas City as the top team in the AFC. Yep. And if they beat the Chiefs on the road Sunday night football, that goes a long way. The Bills have won three straight games by over 20 points, but the three teams they've beaten are a combined three and nine. So this is also a big test for Buffalo. I want to see what we truly have in this Bills team. And for the Chiefs, if you lose, you're under 500. Now you've just lost. You know, Buffalo just passed you by. You lost at home. So it's a big prove-it game for both teams. I just I, I can't think that Mahomes loses this game at home on Sunday Night Football. But, you know, maybe the Chiefs' defense is that big of a problem, and the Bills... Uh, outscore. This is a big. This this may be the biggest regular season game Josh Allen's had yet. Um, I think this is a big spot for him, and he cannot turn the ball over. If you give Patrick Mahomes the ball in good field position, they will punish you every single time. We've seen it before. We've seen it again. Finally, Titans, Jags. This is not a game we would normally be talking about, but the Jags are reeling. Trevor's lost as many games as he has since his entire life, basically. 
and Urban Meyer went and um, had f- uh, fun at a bar slash club. I would have fired the guy. And I'm not trying to be mean to Urban, but this clearly isn't a fit. We've heard rumblings about problems with that organization and that culture for a while. And when you've got reporters having sources inside the locker rooms and that the players have checked out already, this is just not a good fit. And I would just say, let's just step aside. Yeah, that's why this is a big game tomorrow for the Jaguars. And I was talking on uh, you know this week about specifically for Trevor Lawrence because as the young quarterback and even as a rookie, you kind of have to be the leader. I want to see, much like the Raiders, you know, what do we get out of the Jaguars tomorrow? Because as crazy as it sounds, their season comes down to tomorrow in the sense that if they win tomorrow, they're one game out of first place in this terrible division, yeah. having beaten first place Titans. Now, if they lose, okay, you're zero and five. Your season's done. So I want to see at home, ten days to prepare the Urban Meyer drama. What Jaguars team do we get tomorrow? Because your whole season is on the line tomorrow. That could be the message. Hey, we go up there and we win tomorrow. We're right back in this thing. Uh, so let's see what we get from this team after the 0-4 start, the Urban Meyer nonsense. They may have been mocking him this week with that video, you know, one, two, three grind. I, uh, that's probably mocking Urban. I don't know. We'll see what we get out of the Jaguars tomorrow. But, you know, this is still a sneaky big game for them. Luke, we're getting to the end of our radio program. Aww. I know. It's that time. You know my game to watch golf during. What's your game to watch golf during? Oof. Um, let me go. Hmm. I mean, I I certainly understand yours to be different. I guess I'll say... I guess I'll say Patriots-Texans. I think it could be a little closer than people think, but just I can't watch... The Texans are... I can't watch the Texans. They're terrible. Your game of the day. Uh, it's definitely Sunday Night Football for the reasons we laid out, Bills Chiefs. I am with you on that. And your sleeper game? Uh, I always like to try to pick one we didn't mention. So let me just say uh, Cowboys-Giants. I think we're a little too high in the Cowboys right now. Uh, the Giants are a team that I do think have been playing better than their record. And Daniel Jones has been playing well. He's taking care of the football. He's been much better on the road in his career. He goes to Dallas. It's a divisional game. I think uh, the Giants certainly at least keep it close, and I don't think this is some sort of blowout like many believe. I think it's a good game. Saints and the Washington football team. I think this is a game that you could see the Saints trying to move in that playoff direction. I don't think you're getting two teams out of the NFC East. And I think this is a problematic game for the Washington football team. I think Jameis and company get that W. Hey, bad defense against a bad offense for the Saints. We'll see if uh, that offense wakes up. With that, we shall. Um, And finally, the segment Luke never prepares for, which is his person or player to watch. Yeah, I always pick quarterbacks. There are a couple of quarterbacks. Obviously, we talked to Mahomes, Josh Allen, Sunday Night Football. But I'll say this. Let's go Trey Lance. Should be starting for the Niners tomorrow on the road against undefeated Arizona. It's, you know, the whole Wally Pipp thing. Uh, let's see if he can play well enough here moving forward that he just doesn't give that job back. He has not looked good yet this year, but now he's taking the first team reps this week. They're planning for him to be the quarterback. Uh, let's see what Lance does in that starting role. It's a big spot for him. Can't believe I'm even saying this, but the Red Sox, can they win this series and get us out of Tropicana Field for the rest of the year? <laughs> hey, I hope so. They now it essentially becomes a three-game series, and they now have home field advantage, so we'll see. I just can't watch games in that place. No? 
And, you know, it's going to be kind of exciting. they got the roof that lights up different colors. You can hit a ball off the catwalk. It's interesting. The camera angles are weird. The turf hurts people. Get us on yeah. grass. I mean, I don't like to... Uh, everyone likes to pile on the race. I try not to. But the fact that they still can't sell out these games when they're a first-place team in the playoffs. I mean, come on. What are we doing here? Go to the... Like, they're playoff games against the Red Sox. What are you doing? Sell these tickets. People, go to those games. Only reason I like... The Rays being the playoffs is we get to see Dick Vitale go crazy on social media. And for those who need a smile, the energy Dick Vitale has at his age is incredible. Um, he's the best. He's just the best. And, and he threw out the first pitch? What? He threw out the first pitch of game one? Yeah. And the amount of money he has raised, I think it's over $28 million now for childhood cancer research, is incredible. Um, yeah. The work he does for the V Foundation never ends, and um, that's why he keeps writing these books, he says, and that's why he keeps doing what he does, just wants to keep getting the awareness out there. Um, yep. Luke, thank you yes. for coming on uh, the Sunday Sprint. We'll see you next week. I totally forgot my sign-off. We'll see you next week. Can't wait. <laughs> That is the greatest sign-off in Sunday Sprint history. We'll enjoy your football weekend, everybody.